0: This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two,
1: torg What is going on, belly-up sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Parker Ainsworth, with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast for teachers' grade sports' biggest issues. First, let's hand out a couple gold stars and detentions, a weekly tradition here at FN Sports, and during the Olympics, it's really, really easy to find heartwarming stories to hand out gold stars to first two gold stars of our Olympic season are going to America's Anastasia Zolotich, first woman to win a gold medal in Taekwondo for the United States. Very, very impressive. Also handing one out to Lee Kiefer, the first American woman to win a medal in fencing. Congratulations to two gold medalists. We have to hand out a detention to the boat that was in the way at the start of the triathlon or the starting gun shooter for firing it off too early, or whatever that was. That was quite a mess. I don't know if you guys saw that. start of the triathlon at the Olympics in Tokyo. However, the starting gun went off while the boat filming was still in the way of several competitors, which led to a mass confusion as to who could go, who couldn't go, when to go. It ended up being a false start. They restarted and so on. But it was really, really awkward and, frankly, kind of dangerous. Like if someone dove into the boat, that could have been a real problem. So I'm not sure where the blame goes there. Let's just boast it down to detention and talk it all out. All right. For today's lesson, we're diving into the Olympics, specifically Olympic basketball. A couple weeks ago at this point, there was a shockwave sent through the international basketball world when Nigeria beat the heavily favored United States in an exhibition matchup. But what made me feel a little icky about that was after the game, instead of talking about tactical things the americans could do or fix or about how this represents incredible growth of the game in nigeria it became this very like simple singular cheap storyline everyone is saying how could we lose to them and that just didn't sit right with me something feels wrong about that nigeria has been developing a strong basketball program for nearly a decade and a half now since not many knew about it and we're at fn sports decided to get a special substitute teacher to come and tell you from personal experience all about the growth of nigerian basketball he's got a long hoops resume a deep love of his homeland and a short but memorable name champ please help me in welcoming champ aguchi to class All right, so we have a very special guest and substitute teacher here today, Mr. Chamberlain Champ Aguchi. How you doing, Champ?
2: I'm doing great. Doing great, Parker. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me. All
1: right, first question. Are you going to go by Mr. Champ, Mr. Gucci? What what are we going by today?
2: <laughs> you know what? Since Champ Champ is my basketball moniker, man, we're, we're going to stick with Champ. How
1: about that? <laughs> all right, all right. You say your basketball moniker. Introduce yourself to the class. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what is your basketball background here?
2: I'm Champ Ogucci. I am a former collegiate, professional, and Olympic athlete basketball player. I played eight years professional, spanning across about five different continents. I played in the 2012 Olympics and the 2016 Olympics uh, for Nigeria basketball. I spent a couple years coaching at Southern Methodist University on their basketball staff, and uh, you know, basketball's just been a really big part of my life.
1: Obviously, a lot of accolades here. You've played in france you've played in russia poland we'll talk some about africa specifically even some time in what i guess now it's the g league but it would have been the d league right with maine lots of basketball all over the world can i ask and i don't mean that any of the teams were a bad experience champ but can i ask what of the teams did you enjoy the most
2: well you know i get asked that question a lot parker and, and it's it's really difficult to say which one I enjoyed the most because every country that I visited, every team had something special about it. There's a unique aspect of every different part of the world. And I was able to really embrace all of those nuances in each different country. So all of them were enjoyable experiences to me, meeting new people, enjoying new, um, experiencing new cultures. But I will say the Philippines, it, it it did something to me that, you know, no other country Basketball wise did because people in the Philippines are they're just crazy about basketball. And it was almost like you you're in the NBA, but you're in an Asian country. So right. It was, it was an amazing experience there. The people are so friendly. So shout out to the to the PBA and all my friends in the Philippines.
1: <laughs> that that was if I'm reading the stats here correctly, that's the Morocco Bolts is that the team right? The, the Morocco yes.
2: Bolts. <laughs> Indeed, the Morocco Bolts. <laughs>
1: Shout out to Morocco the Bolts. Bolts. Then. <laughs> Shout
2: out to the Bolts, baby. Yeah. So it was a great experience.
1: And, and then you know it's Olympic season right now, and the reason we're talking right now is really about your Olympic experience. So I want to go back to the process getting to the 2012 Olympics, and we talked to him about 16 as well. What was, between being asked to come try out, trying out, making the team, qualifying first, and then getting to the 2012 Olympics, can you walk us through that process? Were there any big like highlights, milestones? Like, oh my god, I, I did this, oh my god, we did this. What were some big highlights along the way there?
2: First of all, you know, I've been playing for the Nigerian national team since my sophomore year in college. They asked me to come try out. I was ecstatic to be able to come try out for Nigeria. Uh, You know, the land of my forefathers, my parents were extremely excited. So when I got the call, you know, and it's just been a, you know, I just felt like it was my duty to be able to play for Nigeria. So 2012, you know, Nigeria had always had some tumultuous experiences in international competition. Uh, But 2012, it was the year that we really decided that, hey, we want to do something special. We want to start something. We want to start something that will live on for ages. And that's when we made the decision. At the time, our best talent that we felt like we could assemble, we assembled it and we went down. And what people don't know is that we qualified for the Olympics about three weeks prior to the Olympics. So, you know, while all the teams had a year or some change to prepare, you know, we were we were relatively fresh. We were We were new. We barely knew each other. So we went we ended up qualifying for the Olympics in Venezuela, Caracas, Venezuela, um, a few weeks prior. Uh, We were able to knock off Greece. We were able to knock off Lithuania and we were able to knock off the Dominican Republic with Al Horford. So that I believe was the start of what we are seeing now from nigeria basketball
1: and that's kind of what i want to talk about it does feel like that's the start you know that's the first time we're really seeing the nation on a national state or on an international stage like that as far as you know here in the states obviously people in africa and in nigeria would be paying closer attention but as an american myself that was the first that was the first olympics i remember thinking of nigeria as this place that also play basketball obviously there have been Nigerians in the NBA but I hadn't seen that representation out there what was that switch like like you said we just decide we're going to do this was it a the right collection of people coaching staff what was going on there
2: i think it was a culmination of all of those things we were we were just bonded on another level like you can it was a, it was a situation and i had never ever Been on a team that close, that bonded to where you can look to your left and your right and know that you are playing for the same purpose, and that guy next to you is going to be in the foxhole battling with you, battling it out from start to finish and giving it all he's got. And that was such a refreshing feeling. And I think once we all understood that about each other, it just took us, it gave us the confidence to go out and and knock off some of these top these top teams internationally.
1: Well, and that's such a cool, like patriotic fervor to be a part of, right? Because it you played plenty of professional basketball champ, but that is different, right? When there's a, a flag on your chest.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when you're playing for, and you're representing the land of your forefathers, it, there's just a different pride about it. There's a different sense of responsibility that accompanies that. And I think Damian Lillard, I think he said it something after the France loss that he said, "Well, these guys play completely different than they do in the NBA," and that's that's true. Yeah, you know, I, I it's very true. You know, I haven't seen Evan Fournier do what he did. I mean, I'm not saying that he's uh, he's not capable, but no, but
1: he he had more points than anyone on the floor. That <laughs> never <Exactly>. happens.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, he's a heck of a player, but you know, obviously, there's a sense of. Um, of pride that that came with his performance
1: for sure so uh, we're gonna talk some about the growth of the program since then but 2012 is unique in that it wasn't the redeemed team like the 08 team but you played a very talented united states team we're not gonna dwell on that too much but i know there's a story here about guarding a very special two guard on the other side can we hear a little bit about that
2: (laughs) (laughs) first of all talented is an understatement for that team (laughs) those guys were insane (laughs) those guys were ridiculous yeah it was it was you know that that team that might be one. In my opinion, that's one of the greatest teams ever assembled, uh, the greatest. And uh, yeah, to be lined up against the likes of Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, James Harden, just to be on the floor with those guys, and to 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 say that hey, listen, I was guarding Kobe, I was guarding LeBron. You know, it, it, it's a story that I'll tell my kids now. What happened to, <laughs> at the end of that? You know, I don't. Want, I, I won't. I won't tell my kids all of that part. But <laughs> I, I, it was it was a, a special special experience. Um, the moment that you're referencing about um, the late great Kobe Bryant, my idol growing up. You know, it's, I have a funny story about him. It was we are. You know, I think it's the second quarter. We're in the second quarter. And I'm talking noise the whole game, Parker. I'm like Kobe, man. I man, I'm locking that up, Kobe. I'm locking (laughs) it up. You get nothing on me today, Kobe. And so he comes down the court, and he's shaking and baking. He's trying to, he's trying to, you know, shake me. And and I'm like, nope, 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 going nowhere, Kobe. going nowhere. (laughs) So what he does, he shovels a pass to Kevin Durant in the corner. Kevin Durant with ease, knocks down the triple and Kobe's looking at me smiling as if to say, listen, young fella, I'm not, I'm not even the one you have to guard. <laughs> <laughs> so, at that point, I, I was like, Wow, this team is is
1: special for sure. And for what it's worth, that the second quarter when it sounds like you're covering Kobe himself, that was a really, relatively competitive quarter. We'll leave the re- other three, force the game out. We'll only talk about that one for the rest of time. Yeah. Right? That's all we're gonna yeah, ever talk about.
2: Yeah, let's do. It. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we'll, we'll we'll focus on that. It was it was competitive until until Carmelo got hot, and um, you know the rest was history. Well,
1: Literally. and. Olympic Carmelo is a thing like that that tends to happen you also played on the team in 2016 can you tell us about the growth between 12 and 16 like you're no longer new to this right you say you qualified three weeks before the 12 Olympics you've got some former Olympians we are going down that path in 2016 can you tell us about some differences there
2: sure yeah it was um 2016 was a a whole nother experience I know 2012 you know we had a record-setting loss by 82 after that we vowed that, you know what, we're going to be back. You know, we're going to get better. Um, obviously, that was our first time being on the international stage in that magnitude. But in 2016, we actually, I'm going rewind, sorry. Um, <laughs> 2015 is when we actually qualified for the Olympics. We won Afro Basket and we took home the gold. And so that automatically qualified, gave us an automatic bid to the 2016 Olympics. And... We told ourselves like, hey listen, we're not going to 2016. We're not going to the 2016 Olympics just to go there and say we were there. No, we're going to win some games. That was our goal uh, from 2015 on. And so we actually were able to play the US again in an exhibition match. We lost by a large margin, um, Le- less than
1: Less than the yeah, first time though.
2: Less than the first time. So, um, obviously, we felt like we were getting better and that was the 2016 olympics we actually won a game in play on, on unlike in 2012 so we felt like you know what we're gonna still keep building we're gonna still keep growing
1: completely and you mentioned the 2015 winning afro basket did you feel like obviously the united states basketball program was a little different place at that point still but the winning afro in 2015 did that like help get you guys recognition in the continents or on the world stage or was that a point of pride for y'all
0: that helped
2: us get a lot of momentum going into 2016 but it what predominantly what it did was it solidified us as the best team in africa so you know africa prior to that had been dominated by angola angola if you could be Angola, you were going to be one of the top teams in the world. So Angola had dominated Africa basketball for decades. And that kind of turned the table to where Nigeria basketball were now. We were now the kings of Africa, the dominant African team.
1: What's that like? You guys know when you win that tournament, oh, crap, we're the best team from this whole continent. It's a large continent, champ. Like, that's a, That's a lot of people.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah and and you know we just we felt that it was long overdue for us we knew that Nigeria has some of the best talent from the continent and there was no reason for us to to come in second place to be or to play second fiddle to anyone because I mean just look just look at the talent pool that Nigeria has to offer the world and we Knowing that we 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 said that hey listen we we're going to be the the best team in Africa from here on from this day on, and that's what we have continuously tried to do, and that's what we've done.
1: Definitely, and so you compete in the 2016 games again. You mentioned y'all win a game in pool play. The margins are much closer. It, like the program is clearly moving in the right direction. Some might say slow. Some might say fast. But. Whereas in 2012, you qualify three weeks before 2016, you're in a year before. So it, it, things are changing. This, you know, I, I want to say the 2020 Olympics, because technically this was supposed to be happening last summer. Obviously, we're sitting here in late July of 21. But this time around, as we're getting into this Olympic season, Nigeria is the top African team in FIBA's you know World Cup rankings, right? And, and so or at least as of 2019 when people are doing those things. And it qualifies Nigeria for a third consecutive Olympic run. Obviously, you're not directly involved. You're not playing on the team right now. But, I mean, you all laid the groundwork. What changes kept going in the squad afterwards?
2: I just, it, it was just a commitment to continue to grow. I think the, the bas- basketball in Africa, Nigeria especially, is, is growing. We're seeing more and more players of African descent in top basketball leagues worldwide. I mean, you can take last year's draft, for instance, where we saw eight players um, either from Nigeria or with a parent from Nigeria drafted in the first round. We have a Nigerian as the first black president of an NBA team in Masai Ujiri. So um, it's just continual growth. And I think that is the mindset that, Nigeria basketball has embraced since 2012
1: I don't mean to obviously they're all the pats in the back in the world do you think there has something to do with the fact that like a 20 year old kid in 2020 would have been around 12 watching the 2012 Olympics right and like oh that's us like I, I think that has to matter right
2: absolutely Parker and I think and this is like we had And we made a point to start reaching out to the younger generations, like a kid named Charles Bassey, who's projected to be a first round draft pick um, from Western Kentucky. He was actually at our practice in 2016. So the recognition, the the sense of pride that kids can now enjoy uh, or they can now have seeing us represent Nigeria is, is something that they are aspiring to be able to do as well in the future, and I, and I just think that has played a huge part in, in, in the growth of Nigeria basketball is allowing younger generations to have pride in, in playing for the country.
1: Completely. Uh, they hired coach Mike Brown, who has got his own great resume in the NBA as a head coach and assistant with Golden State Warriors most recently. And they took on a roster that currently has, I believe I counted eight NBA players on it. Precious Achua is the biggest name. Although Jaleel Okafor, if you're a little bit, you know, I'm 30. So Jaleel Okafor is like the name I think of. Uh, Josh Kogi, mm-hmm. uh, Like guys that you recognize if you watch NBA basketball are on this Nigerian team now. Do you do you think that that's as simple as reaching out to people like yourself that have the heritage or is it what's, what's sparking the program to draw these guys in? Cause I feel like that wouldn't have happened pre 2012. You don't get eight NBA guys with the heritage to come to the team necessarily before y'all flipped the a switch there.
2: I, I agree hundred percent. And he, I, I just think it's just like, I, like we said earlier, it is a matter of people, players like myself, Having more pride in the program. Um, People seeing that, hey, listen, uh, or look, Nigeria basketball isn't just a bunch of guys who just, you know, fumbling the ball around and and shooting up air balls and bricks all day. No, these guys can actually play. These guys, they're just like me. And uh, I think that that is what has, I think, propelled Nigeria basketball to where it is today. And, I, and, you know, you mentioned that there are eight players, eight players on an NBA roster. And I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 10 players actually have NBA experience because, you know, Epe Udo is not currently in the NBA, but, right. you know, he, he has played several years in the NBA. Correct, um,
1: correct. I'm looking at current professional team, but you're right. There's even more if you go back in their players' more recent history. It, it's a it's a team of pros. It's a team of professional. In the same way, the United States is a team of pros, or France has multiple pros, or like it's Absolutely. just like any of these other powerful countries. It's got lots of pro Absolutely. basketball players.
2: Absolutely. So you know, contrary to what you know pundits may think, like these guys can really play. And, you know, it's disappointing that people associate Nigeria basketball solely with the 2012 Olympic loss. But what they don't know is that. Since then, Nigeria's Nigeria's talent pool has just steadily been on the rise.
1: Well, and and I I think that while that loss is what people may be thinking of, the thing that, I again, we're seeing is that I think that that served a greater purpose. Like, it's building a better program. You mentioned the pundits, and Champ, that's really what made me want to reach out in the first place is because I see that score break out, and we had talked before, and I was like, oh, man, like, Champ played in that giant 80-whatever-point loss, and now they're turning and beating the United States. Like, that's the growth of a program. It's a great story. And that's not the story that seemed to get told on things like ESPN. What's interesting is, I think, folks like yourself on social media or the case on social media or even like Emmanuel Acho, who's a very big sports personality and has some Nigerian heritage, right? The, the idea there that, like, that sector of, like, social media, sports media – was happy, but there were a lot of people that really used it as a chance to not celebrate this growth. What what did you take that as?
2: For me personally, I just I, I took it as ignorance, and I'm not saying ignorance in a in a bad way. I just mean they don't know, they don't know that Nigeria has come this far. They don't know that Nigeria has sacrificed a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to be able to put themselves in a position to be not only be competitive, but to knock off the number one team in the world. Um, so I, I just think that it's just a matter of them not knowing all that Nigeria has to offer. And like I said, because unfortunately, a lot of people associate Nigeria basketball with 2012, and that is not who Nigeria basketball is today.
1: Not at all. Uh, and frankly, who they are today is the team that beat the United States 90 to 87. And that's where the program is now, right? As you have to show up ready to play, or they're going to beat you. And it I, obviously... That's the 24 hours after the fact. You're seeing ESPN report on it, those kind of things. Take us to that moment when you—I mean—you're sitting there paying attention to basketball. You see the final score. The buzzer sounds. What is that like for you as someone who was part of laying this groundwork?
2: Oh, I was ecstatic. I was—I was so happy, and you know, I was just so proud of the guys. I was proud of Mike Brown. I was—I I shed happy tears, you know, <laughs> that that night because. It, it was a, it was a feeling of it was a satisfaction it was a, it was you know it almost gave me a sense of it was a sense of pride knowing that this is what i sacrificed for this is what the blood sweat and tears were for this is what i envisioned all along for nigeria basketball and this is and, and it came to pass
1: if i had told you like you're walking off the floor in 2012 it's not a great night i mean it's an unforgettable night, unbelievable night in many ways, but the scoreboard was not great, right? And you go, hey, but champ, in, in nine years, y'all will beat the United States. Would you have seen it coming? Would it have been, that's faster than you would have thought? Or is it really like, would you have been taken aback?
2: I would have been taken aback. I would have been taken aback, but it wouldn't have surprised me because I saw the trajectory that we were headed down. And it was, uh, it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time because... I know, you know, Parker, Nigerians are are, a really very unique group of people. And the most fascinating part about all of this is that Nigerian households traditionally don't prioritize sports at all. You know, if you ask any Nigerian parent what career path they hope their child pursues, Professional sports will be at the bottom of that list.
1: Right, it's they're very educationally focused. It's doctors, right? Absolutely,
2: doctor. Uh, if you're not a, it's either doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure from most <laughs> Nigerian parents. So, in fact, my parents hated the fact that I played basketball until I won my first three-point contest in middle school <laughs> and claimed a forty-dollar gift certificate to Lubies, which my mom used to feed the family uh, the day that she didn't feel like cooking after church. So <laughs> so that is the most fascinating aspect of this so i say that to say the way nigeria has grown and and the way nigeria basketball has evolved it's just a remarkable thing to see um and 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 people don't understand that there's so much more to nigeria basketball than what meets the eye well
1: and so let's talk about the team today. As we record this on Sunday evening, they've played Australia and lost a tough one. Australia's really talented, right? We're talking about these international countries with lots of NBA players. Uh, international Patty Mills is a different animal. <laughs> like they've, they've got a really talented team. I wouldn't worry about that, frankly. The United States played them very close as well, and I think Australia's really good. Nigeria's in a tough pool. You also have Germany. You also have Italy. W- what are you hoping to see out of Nigeria this year? Do you think they've got a realistic shot to get out of the pool, or are you just hoping for continued steady growth?
2: I, I think they have a very good shot to get out of the pool. I mean, Mike Brown said it best. "They're not. We're not going there, When um, I say we. Um, you can say we. Not, you played for them. You yeah, can say we. Absolutely. We're not going there to just enjoy tokyo he said. we're not going there just to say we played in the olympics he said we're going there to win we're going there to win and possibly medal so that's the goal for nigeria basketball and i think it's very possible if you look at the roster you look at the style of play you look at the coaching staff i i I just think it's it's right there for them to do
1: well and Obviously, I I think that Mike Brown has the right mentality for this, right? Like, this is not as wondrous as it was to make the Olympics in 2012. It sounds like y'all still were very business in your approach then. There's no reason that it'd be any different now, right?
2: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, Mike Brown, he came in and he took a lot of what he has learned in the NBA. He's implemented that in the team and things are run in a more professional and NBA manner. And I think the guys really appreciate that. And uh, I, I just think that it is, the, the best is yet to come.
1: As a person that follows it, Nigeria specifically much more closely than I, is this, you're gonna continue because there's, you mentioned the guys in the NBA draft last year already, or is it more coming off the pipeline and as you just see more talent coming or is it just a bigger picture program than
2: uh, I, I think it, it it's the pipeline i think you know there's a there's a lot of nigerian talent that still has yet to be discovered really want to be honest antetokounmpo could could very well be on a nigerian roster bam adabayo could very well be on a nigerian roster it's just a pipeline of talent and a wealth of talent that has yet to be tapped into that is now starting to be uncovered and that's why I feel like Nigeria has the advantage over a lot of African countries and quite frankly I feel like Nigeria is going to be one of the top 5 teams in the world pretty soon
1: Right, so it'll be doctors, lawyers, engineers, and Olympic gold medalists. That one day we're going to get there, champ, right? One day. <laughs> <laughs> How good would this team realistically be if you added? I was going to ask you this, too, because Bam Adebayo has the same heritage, and then Giannis is playing, for suits up for Greece in his international play, but does have Nigerian heritage. His parents are from Nigeria. He could also suit up for them. If they had those two guys, are they the gold medal winner?
2: Uh, without question. And then you you can even throw in Victor Oladipo. You can throw him in the mix. You can throw in Andre Iguodala. These guys, (laughs) Nigeria has a wealth of talent, you know, just to keep it simple.
1: (laughs) And they just would all have to... And there's nothing wrong with Adebayo suiting up for the United States. They lost. I wonder if he thinks about that differently after they lost to Nigeria. Or, you know, Giannis suiting up for Greece. Like, he was born there and grew up there. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just interesting that, realistically, they could extend this and make an even better team in the present tense.
2: Right. Absolutely.
1: We talked about this Olympics. We talked about the kids going through the pipeline. Is there any bit, obviously meddling is like the big goal at the end of this, getting some medal, getting a gold medal. Is there any end goal for you as like someone who started this path? Do you want to see them medal? Is it a soon thing? Do you want to see them like, are you thinking like repeating? How big do you think this thing can really get to? Like I
2: said earlier, I think this team can medal. I think this team can lead Tokyo with a medal. And I think this is is the year that Nigeria actually proves to the world that, hey, listen, this is not 2012. We are a new program. We are new players. And we're here to stay. We are the kings of Africa. And... I think it's I think this is the year.
1: And obviously you, you yourself being on that twenty twelve team and helping start this. You also, you know, as a Houston area guy as well early on, maybe we can get some of these Nigerian guys to the Rockets. <laughs> maybe we can. That's work. That's
2: a that's a good goal. I like
1: it. I like it. Yeah, we you can know, go
2: all all the Depot was here for just, you know, he was he was here for a cup of tea, but uh <laughs> got him out of there unfortunately but uh, you know houston is i don't know if you know about houston but it, it is one of the largest hubs for nigerians you know they call houston little lagos
1: well uh, i don't if you have insight the history of how that started but i do know that current like once it started i know that that's where it is presently right the the gulma case sisters are, are part of that as well right their houston area family has three wnba siblings right and One is currently playing for Nigeria. They tried to get Neco on the team. That is a part of Houston culture.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Houston, you know, is, you know, you can see a, you'll find a Nigerian on anywhere you look, you know, in Houston and basketball, especially Nigerians in Houston, parents are starting to be more accepting of their children playing professional sports, basketball in particular. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon set the tone there with all of his great success and his influence on the Nigerian community here in Houston. So it's a big part of you know Houston Houston culture, Nigerians culture in Houston.
1: Definitely, and, and I think that's, you think of lots of different influences in Houston, right? You're in Texas, so you think about the Latin influence, you've got the South. It, there's lots of different parts of Houston Frankly, there's Houston hip hop, right? You've got Travis Scott and Meg Thee Stallion right now, too. Like, Nigerian culture in Houston is a big part that is not necessarily seen on the national stage, I don't think, until people, you know, like yourself start making the Olympic team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no
2: doubt, no doubt, no doubt.
1: As we get ready to wrap up here, champ, obviously. Australia didn't go so well. Do you have any predictions on the rest of pool play? You're going to win out the pool after this?
2: That is my prediction, and I'm sticking to it, Parker.
1: (laughs) Right. I hope so. I hope so. It's cool to see this program grow. I'm happy to hear from you again. Before I wrap up, do you want to share, you've been with SMU for a little while, do you want to share your social media handles, where people can find you at if they want to talk Nigerian hoops or celebrate with you when they do get that medal in a couple weeks?
2: Sure. find me on Instagram at Champo Gucci, Twitter, Champo Gucci, same thing. Not hard to find.
1: <laughs> Not hard to find. And a fun guy to talk to. We talked hoops a couple years back. It's good to reconnect with you, man. Yeah, anyway, th- thanks for coming on. And they're the Tigers, right? So go, Tigers. D Tigers. D D-tig- yes, Tigers. Go to Tigers. Go to Tigers.
2: Yes, go D Tigers. Thank you for having
0: me. Wish you all the best. And uh, it's been a pleasure.
1: For sure, man. Take care.
0: All right, you too. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is. James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement?
1: Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis?
0: So, I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So, maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But...
1: Do you feel like you learned something? Special thanks to Champ for stopping by to shed some light on the rapidly growing Nigerian basketball program. If you just need more hoops talk, you're in luck. This week, I'll be joined on the midweek midrange by Andy Patton of Score. Together, we're going to break down our Mock NBA drafts and look at where different prospects will end up. You can find us live Wednesday night at nine o'clock Eastern on Twitter and YouTube. Be sure to find us at midweek midrange on Twitter and Instagram for the latest hoops. That's nine o'clock Eastern Wednesday night on YouTube and Twitter. We'll be breaking down our own mock NBA drafts before the real thing happens the next night. As for my personal stuff, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth512. That's at P A I N S worth H five one two on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed today's show and want to help support, we have a show Twitter page at FN Sports 2. That's at F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S, the number two, all one word on Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. And as always, be sure to download, like, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen and help out the podcast. And please remember, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys.